and this is episode one of Looney Engineering. My name is Chris. I'm Andrew. And uh, today we're going to be talking about building in public. Awesome. So this is something that I talk about a lot on LinkedIn, so I'm excited to get into this. So for those that don't know, for anyone that's listening to this, what what is building in public, Andrew? So building in public, I think it can be a lot of different things, but for me, it's always been about building something and then telling people about it. So you can talk about it on something like LinkedIn or any of the communities that you're in. Um, and it can be the actual building of it. Like I'm having problems with this, or I don't understand something or getting somebody to kind of teach you things, but it's not that one-on-one -on -one like you might get at work. It's very much out there in public. So you're, you're really kind of exposing yourself. I don't know something. I think that's why everyone has so much trouble with it. Yeah. And you've, you've been doing this for like building in public for what, like six months. Um, you've been, for those unaware, you've been sort of documenting your journey um, as a self-taught developer trying to get their first job. How long, like six, six months? Is well, like since January, like almost a year okay. now. Okay. Yeah. Time, time flies. No kidding. Um, and so what would you say would be the biggest benefit that you've had thus far with building in public? I mean, it, it got me my first job. 100% got me my first job. The, the guy who recommended that when I asked like, how would one go about getting a mentor and in this industry, uh, his advice was build stuff and talk about it. And so for some reason, that specific advice I latched on to, and I really dove in and he was the one who reached out to me with a referral to my current and first software developer role. So it really paid off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you obviously lucked out there. I think one of the things that, um, building in public kind of does is it, it, forces you to put yourself out there, right? Like a lot of people, they give advice when you're trying to get your first job is, you know, networking, being able to like talk to people, talk about what you're, you're learning, what you're building and really just building in public is like just shouting out into the void saying, this is what I'm doing. And uh, the amount of engagement that you've gotten from other people who are either in the same boat as you or people that are more senior than you, I think that's been incredibly positive. Um, and it, it just gives more, um, almost legitimacy to what you're, what you're doing because you, you're one of those people that you don't just like document all of your wins, right? Like you're not like one of those social media people that's like, Hey, look at this cool thing that I'm doing all the time. Like you're like, Hey, today was a shit day. <laughs> yeah. I think that's huge because if you just talk about the good stuff, people, it does a lot of things. I think that's that toxic positivity that people have a lot of trouble with. And I think that causes more issues for other people. And I'm definitely not out to do that, but also it really humanizes you. It's like, this is a real person. He's not just like this influencer that's made it. Like this is a real guy out here doing exactly what I'm doing. And some days are hard and some days suck. And some days I just don't get it. And I'm not sure what the hell I'm doing. And I think that's been a huge part of it that people really understand the ones that really go further and get huge engagement are always the positive ones. But I think the negative ones have a lot more long lasting effect. Yeah. So have you found that the way that you approach um, building in public has changed since you, you started with it? 
I'm not doing enough of it now because I'm spending more time just trying to level up and get on the get on the right page at work and and learning our tech stack there. My intention now going into the new year is definitely to start building more in public and doing that kind of uh, practicing what I preach again. Um, as much as I still tell everyone, like you need to be doing this, especially leading up to the first job. Uh, most of my social media presence has now been passing on like all the things that work and helping to kind of coach people and understand what they need to be doing and what worked for me. Um, but as for how it changed, yeah, last night I downloaded all my LinkedIn data and I looked at what the very beginning posts were and my building in public was like talking about what I did in that course that day because I was in tutorials at the very beginning. It was like day 68 or something, did this, this is really cool. And just kind of talking about what I was learning. And the way that evolved was it became, this is a project that I'm working on. This is a troubled or something that I'm having issues with. And then it became putting that actual project out there and asking people for advice and feedback. And I think that was where it really evolved. All of a sudden it went from, hey, these are things I'm doing to, hey, what do you think? And then all of a sudden it was engaging people. And that's where I really got really benefited from it because now I was building relationships and I was showing off all those things that you need to be able to do at work. People were giving me feedback. I'd go and I'd do that thing. I'd make that change and then I'd bring it back to them. So it sounds like, you know, you're, you've been sort of sharing your ideas um, and just sort of like your process for what you're doing on social media. Um, but of course, like another way of building in public is more in the literal sense of like open source. Um, do you, have you had much experience doing open source stuff, sharing like what you're working on with others and having more, perhaps more, uh, transparency or visibility into what's being built and not necessarily just what's being talked about, what's being built. I haven't done anything open source. I've looked at it a little bit. It's something that is on the very long list, but I haven't gotten into it at all. I think it's a, an amazing way to go about it though. Yeah, because of course I've always heard people give that advice of open source um, just because there's of course so many projects that are out there that are looking for contributions. And as someone that is looking at getting possibly their first job or even someone that is looking at uh, just leveling up as a developer in general, open source provides you an opportunity of really, I say, improving your documentation because so much of open source is asynchronous, right? Um, I think, I think COVID has sort of helped with asynchronous in the office, but it's still really easy to create a PR, um, you know, send it over to someone at work and say, Hey, can you review this? And if there's any sort of confusion, you can jump on a call. Whereas with open source, you know, you don't, you don't have that ability. You need to be very specific in the way that you do your pull request template. You need to make sure that stuff is documented well, test cases, updating readmes, all that sort of stuff needs to be included. Um, and so where I think that as a developer building in public can be beneficial is uh, contributing to open source and then having that pushback from others in the community saying like, oh, this doesn't meet this requirement or, um, you know, I think that's definitely one avenue uh, of building in public that is incredibly valuable. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, open source. I think open source is exceedingly difficult for somebody who's never worked on a production code base. And this is talking to somebody who did a little bit of diving into it to try and understand because even your first job is hard enough. You're getting your environment set up and you're trying to understand what's going on in the organization, kind of your fit and where you can help. But if you're going to do that in open source, you almost have to just figure it out yourself. You don't really have that helping hand without somebody either reaching out to you or you spending that time and putting that effort in to reach out to somebody and say, hey, can you help me? Um, can you go through this with me? And depending on the project, some people, some of them are going to be amazing at that and some of them aren't. I know a lot of places will mark like good for first projects or first contribution, which I think is helpful. And that kind of environment is probably going to be more conducive to a place that's going to be good to start. Yeah, I can I can see what you're you're saying. Like, um, you know, a code base that is doing a lot, like say a very complicated code base. Um, take a the code base that I've contributed to is uh, Material UI, right? Like they use a monorepo approach. There's probably, I think, somewhere between ten and fifteen different packages that they have um, that all kind of like cross link. And for someone that is you know, maybe six months of experience or less, um, that can be quite intimidating where they have been working in a, you know, single HTML, maybe two JavaScript files, or they just started learning React for the first week, you know? And uh, it can be, obviously that can be overwhelming, but I think, I think one of the things though that I'm saying is with building in public, it, it isn't just for the person that is new. You know, it's not someone that's just going through a boot camp. It's not someone who's trying to get their first job. Like building in public is a good way of being able to get various ideas, um, especially those who are outside of your own team. Um, I know my own company, the way that we're structured is, you know, you don't have a lot of cross team uh, communication or a lot of cross team collaboration. And so when teams are diverse, you know, you can have a lot of like different ways of solving something, but when you're just an individual who's working on a course, that avenue to have diverse thought and be able to come up with alternative ways of solving something is through building in public. I think that's a big one. Um, getting different viewpoints and, and working on a different team. So many places talk about like, you need to move around and you need to work at different companies to get all those different ideas and, uh, and experiences with things and not that I don't disagree with that, but a way that you could do it is with open source. I feel like the contributing to open source and where I agree with that of the, it isn't just building in public, isn't just for somebody who is trying to find their first job. I think it's great for, as you get into it and learning more and that intermediate developer or the junior developer that wants to learn more because you're going to have a little more experience and a little more understanding. You're going to be able to contribute more. And I think that's, where it is difficult for a new developer is you're not even sure where you're going to be able to contribute or at what level you can contribute. And if you can get in there and do it as somebody who hasn't had a job yet, I think you're the kind of person that's going to be scooped right up by a company because you're just so proactive and would be so good at things that you would never expect somebody who's brand new to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one thing that you and I have talked about before is like building in public in the like sense of like open source doesn't even necessarily have to be 
contributing to open source projects, right? Like you can, of course, start your own open source project. And so you don't have any dependency on other people. You're able to, you know, a lot of people, they push their code to, you know, GitHub or GitLab or anything like that. And a lot of, a lot of people create private projects, but a lot of stuff doesn't necessarily need to be private. I think some people are, can be embarrassed to have it as public and are, worried that if their code isn't good enough, they won't be able to land a job because some hiring managers reading line by line, their JavaScript file, which is never, never worry about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen, um, people that we know who do like live stream coding. Um, you know, there's various platforms that are out there like Twitch where you could just stream yourself, um, doing problems, either doing like leak code or maybe solving advent of code challenges um, and have a, another sort of real-time communication uh, where people are, can provide feedback on what you're building. And doing that has a huge, huge benefit too, because when you get to the live technical interview, it's exactly what you're doing. And for so many of us, the live technical interview is the first time that we're actually coding in front of somebody. And it is super nerve wracking and can be really difficult to, to do it and to actually pull on all the knowledge that you have now and try and solve the problem as the problem itself. And then you've got somebody watching you who is going to be making a decision of whether you get a job or not. So if you're out there and putting on Twitch, it, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, this is another one that I've done is on Pram just having another set of eyes. You have no idea who they are. Um, they really don't mean anything to your life, to what you're doing, but to have a set of eyes on you while you do it, all of a sudden is going to help you with your comfort. So there's another huge benefit there of doing that. Well, and I mean, a big part of the interviewing process is not even like, yeah, you know, some of it is that you're able to solve the, the question. Um, but some of it is just getting insight into how that individual solves the problem. And if you take the example of coding on Twitch, you know, you're going to have someone that may, maybe the first time that you're coding on Twitch, no one joins, you know, that can obviously be demoralizing, but if someone does join, um, you know, they might chat with you and just be like, Hey, what are you building? And, you know, not, it kind of forces you to explain your thoughts of like, well, yeah, why, why am I building it this way or what is being built? And I think it's very similar to like teaching the best way that you can learn is by teaching it because only if you truly understand something, are you able to teach others how to, um, like you can only teach others how to learn, uh, if you truly understand the content yourself. And so by, you know, becoming familiar with that style of sharing your thoughts as you're programming, being able to answer questions, maybe all of a sudden, as you, you're speaking out loud, you realize, oh, no, maybe I should do it this other way. Those are all skills that would benefit you in an interview process that would then just become autopilot. And the only added stress is you have someone that is giving you a rating at the end of it rather than the entire part. Yeah, definitely. And on top of that, it's going to help you in your job as well. There's times so we do something every other Friday where we have our like 10% time something I've been doing with my manager and a few other people I work with is Mars Rover. And we've been going through different iterations of it and how to actually build through it. But when it comes to my term, I'll, I'll be sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I kind of get this stuff. And then all of a sudden I'll like just blank. And I'm like, 
this is brutal because I'm sitting in front of my lead and in front of some other people. And I'm like, wait, maybe I don't actually understand this stuff, but it's kind of the point of it all. Yeah. There's been so many times where I've had someone that's like, Hey, uh, you did this thing here. Can you explain this to me? And I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, by having to explain it, um, I've had, um, a, you may or may not know, like I taught in college and I had a class of, you know, like 30 something students and, you know, you would explain a concept to them and let's say like maybe like 50 to 80% of the class gets it um, on the first try. That would be amazing. Um, But there is those other students who need it explained in a different way. And I think once you start um, in, in the same way that building in public forces you to, you know, for yourself, who's posting on LinkedIn, you're going to have comments that are being like, Hey, how come you're doing it this way? Or like, why are you using this library? Why are you using that library? And instead of just having your preconceived notions of being like, Oh, everyone uses react. So that's why I'm using react. Um, you could just be like, I don't know, why am I using react? Like what else is out there? Like, and it, it sort of forces you to continue learning in order to teach. And then you can teach in order to learn, which is, you know, not to get philosophical, but. What is it when, when one teaches to learn? I think that's a big one. Um, but over and above that, it, it makes you kind of justify, but not in a negative way. It's like, this is why I'm doing it. If you thought about it, I think that almost leads into like the kind of a little more advanced ideas when you get into like architecting, like, why am I doing it this way? Why did I use this library? And then to actually have to explain it to somebody, you go back and you, and you think about like the decisions that you've made and, and it helps you, okay, maybe we will do it a different way. But to add on to that, I, I think people often find, and I just go on my own experience, when somebody asks a question, you might take it as them attacking as like, well, why did you do this? But you have no idea what their tone actually is when they're asking a question. So you've got to, you do have to assume that is not with, any sort of malice they're actually interested in learning like what did you do why did you do this sure some people it's gonna be like oh why are you using react react is stupid you should be using this but okay then that might be an interesting conversation yeah absolutely because yeah intent is is very hard to usually tell through text um and i think the other thing that um building in public sort of does is it helps you find um your your group you know um, for better or for worse, a lot of these social media sites are using various algorithms to connect you, you know, content creators, whether you think of yourself as one or not, um, to people that are consuming content and you are going to find a group of people who are interested in that content that you're creating. And those people are going to, um, sort of like lift you up, you know, like you're going to, it gives you a little bit of legitimacy when you have people that are consuming your content um, and probably helps out a little bit with the imposter syndrome where, you know, you see these people who are like, oh, Andrew did this post on, again, I'll just say react um, and this thing that he learned. And, you know, you can see these people that are taking your content, whether, you know, you have 10 years of experience or, you know, several months of experience, you were in their same shoes no less than like a year ago. And so 
I think it can help out with that as well of being like, you know, you don't have to be a knowledge expert in order to share your opinion or what you're learning. Absolutely. And it's like uh, something that you and I spoke about yesterday and it's, you will over and over see somebody like, Oh, I just learned about reduce or filter or map and somebody who knows it, they might scroll past or be like, Oh, another article about this, but not everyone does. And everyone is constantly learning. And there was a point at which you and I didn't know about that. And so to have those out there, there's always somebody who's ready to consume that knowledge. That's true. And then, I mean, even to a certain extent, there's so many times um, in my career where I've gone to look something up and all the links are purple because I've already clicked them before. Whoops. And so, you know, some of these things that you learn once, um, well, you could say maybe you didn't even learn it. You just sort of like consumed it, did what you needed and then moved on. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a constant need for... Um, new content even if it is the same sort of content that's already been out there because you have constant people that are joining the tech sort of bubble um or like tech i don't know <laughs> whatever you would call it um and, and are learning and so they an article that is six months old is can can still be relevant. Um, something that's two years old definitely can be non-relevant anymore. Um, but I think it's just helpful to be like, you know, someone posted this yesterday and I'm like, yeah, that's really great. This is exactly what I need. Even if it's something that is five years out of, like not out of date, but it's been a feature that's been around for five years. Especially if you're working in older code bases. Yes, yes. Now, something that you mentioned there that uh, actually goes back to what I was saying about downloading my LinkedIn data, and, and I think it's super important to people listening to this, is the algorithm and who it punches you out to. And one of the things that you can get in your LinkedIn data is inferences that we make about you. And we know that this is any sort of social media. They, they're fairly confident, even though you've never specifically said it, you're a mid-30s, white male, you're in certain things, even though it's not information that they've asked about you. And a few of them that were on mine here that I kind of thought were, were interesting, very specifically with what you just said, you've only been doing this a year and yet people are like, oh, this thing that Andrew said, this thing that Andrew is taught about and that I'm getting quoted and, and uh, call-outs in different places. Different things that were inferred about me were early stage of career were growth stage of career, were unemployment status. But on top of that, I also have things like people leader and sales professional for some reason, which is irrelevant, but I mean, they're not gonna be right about everything, but things like senior leader or active contributor who influences public opinion. And that's just got to do with the things that I talk about. And the things that you talk about are going to get you pushed out to certain people. And by having that, you're going to end up connecting with more people every day. I've got new people that somehow see my stuff because the things I'm talking about might be somewhat relevant because of inferences they made about me and about them. So the more you're talking about things and the more, again, you're building in public, the more you're going to end up in front of people and you might end up in front of people that are able to do something for your job search. So something I'd be interested in asking you about is, you know, I think we've talked a fair bit about what is good about building in public. Have you had any negative experiences with building in public? Somebody wrote a really good post. Steve wrote a really good post about this yesterday or a day or two ago talking about the potential negatives. 
I have not run into any sort of negative in building in public. I, I understand there's definitely ones out there. Um, it, it's difficult. You, you might put some terrible code out there. Uh, your spaghetti code, people can see that you actually don't know what you're doing. Uh, people can see how green and how junior you are. But the thing is, everyone already knows that. If you're new to this, um, this has been the first industry that I've ever been part of that really embraces that because they were there at 1.2 and there's not, at least not that I've run into, I know it's out there, that elitism, that I'm better than you, that you need to figure this stuff out. Um, I haven't run into people being negative. I've only run into, it's always blown me away. Everyone's always been so helpful and so encouraged. Like it, it's one of those things where you kind of put yourself out there and as a lot of people that consume content you know, they'll probably like your post. You're going to have less people that are willing to comment on the post. Um, and the small, small minority of the people who are commenting, who are going to comment negative things, probably few and far between, especially those that are wanting like junior level content. Um, you know, those people are typically very grateful for what you're willing to, to share and, uh, you know, I don't think that you would have someone that's a senior that would comment on your post going like, ah, oh, this is garbage. Why are you sharing this? This is blatantly wrong, or this is a bad way to do this. And the it's only, like, no, we all start somewhere. Yeah. And, and that's been exactly the attitude I've gotten. I've gotten people like yourself and people with years and years and years of experience. Even when I do post something stupid or that's just blatantly wrong, they've always been so kind about how they go about it. And I get this in my company too. It's like, hey, that's not the best way to go about this. It's not you're wrong. It's not you're stupid. It's not you don't get it. It's, hey, here's a better way. And what would you say for anyone that is wanting to build um, in public? And maybe, maybe, you know, it's not the fact that it's like a negative thing. It's just like, you know, either like shy or they feel like they don't have anything to like contribute to. Um, you kind of touched on uh, before with like, you know, let's say like a reduce article and there's one every, you know, almost like 20 days, there's a new, here's how to use a Ray dot reduce. What would you say for someone that's like, I don't have anything of value to add. So why, why add to the noise? So I think that is a common attitude and it's a thing that I run into a lot, at least once or twice a week, I've got somebody asking me exactly that. And I think everyone, th everyone has something to contribute and specifically about your experience. You don't have to go out there and write articles about code. I really don't write a lot of stuff about that. Um, I write more about networking. And if you want to write about code, go and write about code. If you want to write about networking or your personal things or what you're going through or the, the path, I say definitely do it. Um, it's really that personal, you're holding yourself back by doing it. Um, one thing I would say is if you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's not the only way in. Um, in people I've spoken to, it's about half of people end up getting a job through networking and half do it by cold applying. Um, it's not something you have to do, but if you have reservations about it, I would say put out something like super mild. Um, don't put out crazy opinions and that sort of thing to start out. Um, put out low-key stuff. Um, put out short, short little articles. Write something somewhere. It doesn't have to be life-changing. It doesn't have to be changing the state of software. It can just be talking about what you learned. And I think for most people, the advice that I would give is just start doing it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to make you feel bad and you're going to delete your account. 
okay, then it never really existed. If you leave it a week or two, it's not really going to exist, air quotes, anyways. Yeah, yeah, that's something that you and I talked about yesterday around this is that when you create a, a post, because these algorithms, um, they typically prioritize newer content. If you have something that doesn't get engagement in the first, you know, at least hours, if not a couple of days, it's just going to be buried in people's feet. You know, it's it's not going to show up. So if if it doesn't show up, that's not a big deal. Maybe maybe it wasn't a good post. Maybe um, maybe it was the right post, but just at the wrong time, which is totally possible. Um, but I think like yeah, just just post and continue to post because you know don't. I don't know about you. I've I've done a post where I get like two or three likes, and then for whatever reason, the next post um, ends up getting a ton of engagement. Like, and it it's crazy to me to see the engagement on some of these posts where I'm like, I didn't really think that it was that special of a post. Like I just, I shared it out and then you start seeing like who's seeing it, where, and especially with LinkedIn, you can see like where they work, what sort of job titles are the people that are seeing your posts have um, and you know, how many people have reshared it and like stuff like that, where as soon as you see that someone is resharing something with their network, like not only is that like a, someone's like, oh yeah, I like this. It's that it's almost like they've given their stamp of approval and says, this is so worthwhile that I want to share this with my network. So that way they also get value out of it. And it's stuff like that is that like positive reinforcement where you're like, oh, I, I should keep doing this because clearly I'm helping someone. Yeah, that I think the reshare is the highest form of approval on LinkedIn. It's easy to hit like comments the next one and then reshare. That's a huge, huge one. But you raise a really good point there on um, on the, the consistency and hitting that point. There's going to be some point where you're like, wait, this is working. Something's going well here. And it's going to be that post that kind of takes off. And at the beginning, kind of takes off. It's going to be like, oh, I got a few hundred views and like 20 people liked it. And you're going to be like, hey, that's kind of cool. Um, and, and I guess goes into all the things about the algorithm and how they've made it. It can be very addictive uh, for certain people. But to go back a little bit further on that, um, just to add to the kind of advice for somebody that's concerned about it, your first few posts are probably not going to be seen. It's very rare you see that person that comes on and they're like their first post and they're looking for work and they've got this great story and like millions of people see it. The chances of that happening are so low. And if it does, I mean, that's fantastic. Um, clearly you've got something either good or really uh, controversial to say. But aside from that, your first few posts are going to be seen by very many people. So you really get to test the waters without very much risk at all. Exactly. And honestly, um, I think a good case in point, we haven't touched on this, is just this very podcast. You know, like this, this is our first episode. It is going to be completely unpolished. It is maybe not going to be seen by a lot of people. Um, but really our goal is when we do an episode two, it hopefully is better than episode one. Um, and hopefully it does a little bit better and it should compound from there. Um, and not to be like a motivational speaker, but I'm sure you've seen that like, um, what is it? The, the 1% growth um, things where if you stay at like, if you, if you stay at 99% per day, um, 
you know, you trend down very slowly, but if you grow by 1% per day, 1.01, it compounds and it, you end up, yeah. And better in a year. Yeah. And it's crazy the amount of growth that you have. Um, and, and you're seeing this with your career where, you know, in your, what, six months now you've been employed or three months? No, coming up on six. Yep. Coming up on six. And I'm sure that the amount that you've learned in your six months probably far outweighs anything that you learned in your first year. Oh, absolutely. I I was speaking to one of the uh, senior, I forget if it's a lead or if he's one of the directors at my Christmas company, or at my Christmas uh, dinner. And I hadn't actually spoken to him in person before. It was the first time we had met, but somehow it came up and I was like the in the five months at that point that I had been at that company, if I look back on my first day, week, and month, I my skill set is unrecognizable in comparison. And I've always kind of thought you have that when you're learning, you're in boot camp, you're self-taught, you've got that, you're learning, you're getting better. Um, and it's definitely compared to what you had, it is a lot because you're learning new things every day and you're increasing your skill set. And then you start building projects. And now it's almost an exponential. It's really, you start increasing, you're learning so much more, but when you start working, it just goes straight up. You have to learn so much so fast and you're in the real world and you're doing it every day. And it kind of means something like this is real world. This is, you've made it, you've done something with it. And the knowledge that you gain is, I'd argue it's probably more than 1% a day for a period of time and then starts to taper off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, to, to talking about this 1% growth, I think one avenue of that is building in public, right? Like it, it gives you the opportunity to engage with others, learn stuff that you aren't already doing on your own. Um, and really like the other thing, like I said, like when you're teaching others, when you're sharing what you're learning, um, you're still continuing to learn yourself. Um, it can be like, maybe you're learning how to make a better LinkedIn post. Maybe it's just, you know, having to formulate your thoughts um, will help you better remember. Um, and just in general, just teaching others is also a positive thing. Um, and something you see so many people say, especially in the job hunt, is if only I could get noticed, if only somebody would give me a chance. But how are you going to get noticed if you're not putting yourself out there? You can go and talk on LinkedIn about non specific industry things, but that's not really going to help. Um, somebody was talking about like, what is networking? And it's hard to distill down to what is networking. And I really think what it is, is making sure that people know who you are and what you're trying to do. If I was to distill networking down into one thing, that's what it is. And what's the best way to do that? Build in public. Hey, I'm here. Look at me. Like my name keeps coming up, keeps coming up, keeps coming up. You start saying, oh, hey, who's this Andrew guy? Who's this Chris guy? Who's who's whoever you are and they keep seeing your name and then they keep seeing it come up. This guy's consistent. Everyone likes consistency. And then you're building and you're putting things out there and they're like, Hey, that that's kind of cool. Yeah. It might be a to-do list, whatever. And then you're building something bigger and you're building something bigger and you're getting better and you're getting better. And then someday they've got an opening at their company or a friend of theirs is referring people and they reach out to you. They're not going to do that if you're not building public because they don't know who you are. Exactly. Because they're going to see like over the long term, they're going to be like, hey, you know, this Andrew guy that I know, um, I've been seeing him build for the last like six months. And like six months ago, he was building a to do app. And, you know, today, 
I saw him do a post and he like had rebuilt Twitter, you know, kind of like with his own infrastructure. And it's like, you know, stuff like that, obviously, you know, that's a hypothetical situation, but it's a real thing where people are going to see your continued growth. And one thing that is very, very, very difficult to do in an interview process is to try to get a grasp on someone's learning potential. Because when you're interviewing someone, you know, like some places, maybe you have upwards of seven interviews, which is obviously a lot, seven hours in total. But for a junior, it's probably far less. And you're having to try to understand in a short amount of time what their learning potential is. But if you give them a six-month, one-year timeline, whatever it is on LinkedIn of your learning progress, that is way easier to show someone and be like, this is where I've progressed. Um, and again, building in public, it just gives you that ability to do it. And it also forces you to stay consistent. You know, I, I think if all of a sudden I was building something, it's almost like, you know, telling people your new new year's resolutions, right? I think, I think there's something where it says people that share their new year's resolutions are more likely to stick with them. And if I'm sharing, like, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. Um, and I'm going to like lose all this weight. If I tell everyone that I'm going to do that, you know, a couple of months down the road, they go, Chris, you know, you're not looking much different. Are you actually, are you sticking to those goals? And you're like, ah, no, but like, it, it's very similar, right? You're saying like, oh, I'm going I'm to start learning React and this is what I'm doing. And people are like, yeah, that's great. And it, it does this thing where not only does the positive engagement on your post encourage you to post more, it also encourages you to continue doing what you're learning in order to do those posts. So it, it kind of like has a, a double positive effect, I would say. Yeah, there's a positive feedback loop there. Now, you just said something there about, and this is, I'm kind of biased on this because it's what happened to me, but you said that's a hypothetical. Somebody saw you build the simple thing and then they saw you build something better and your code getting better. And that's a hypothetical, but that is literally what happened for me. I'm not saying it's going to happen for everyone. I'm not going to have for everyone listening to this and building in public might not work for everyone, but that is exactly what happened to me is my referral reached out to me and said, Hey, I've seen what you've been doing over the last X number of months. I've seen how much your code has improved. Uh, I'd love to refer you to my company. Would you be interested? What better message to wake up to in your inbox? Absolutely. And you know, the last thing, um, cause we're, we're already almost at 40 minutes now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll cut out some stuff. Um, is being like, you can build in public in a less public setting. And That's what I mean by that is like, you don't necessarily have to post on like Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, you and I are both a part of the Toronto JS community and that is like a subset, like it's still developers, right? Um, but you can build in there and be able to show people what you're building, get feedback on in a much um, smaller sort of environment, uh, much more controlled, more, you know, maybe more catered towards what you're looking for. Um, and I think that that's another thing, like you don't have to go big and start sharing with thousands or tens of thousands of people. You can share with tens, if not hundreds of people. And, you know, Slack and, and Discord are two, there are tons of communities that are out there that cater towards that is people that are learning, maybe it's geographic, maybe it's just like JavaScript based. And, you know, some of these places have large groups of people, but some of them have much more smaller niche communities. Yeah. And you're right. It, it very much caters to it. We have a help channel, we have a show and tell channel and everyone in there very much wants to help and they want to see the things that you're doing and 
between the code of conduct and just the the general attitude of people in that slack everyone's so encouraging you you can post your stuff up there and you really don't have to worry about that uh kickback that you might get on somewhere like uh, tech twitter of somebody really kind of dumping on you because it's a little more anonymous in toronto jazz like everyone kind of knows who everyone is yeah yeah the amount of times where i see people we talked about um someone that we both know um danny who does public coding with others um i think it's through through zoom is it that he does it with I've done them with him yeah he does it on zoom yeah and so you know he shares in a small community of you know, 4,000, 5,000 people, not all of them being active at the same time, but, uh, you know, he'll post and just say like, Hey, we're going to do some live coding. If you want to come out and, and join us and maybe, you know, five to 50 people might show up depending on, um, and yeah, you, again, building in public, it's small. It, you don't have to worry about, you know, hundreds of people telling you that you're dumb and that you have no idea what you're doing. So why are you sharing this? Um, it's very approachable and, and you start small. And I think really, if you sort of like baby step your way into it, you get more confidence in sharing and building in public. And then you can maybe start to grow the channels in which you're sharing uh, of where you're building in public. Maybe you, you get the confidence in a Discord or Slack group, and then maybe you start going to LinkedIn or maybe you start sharing it in dedicated groups that have more a, a larger audience. And on top of that, you can almost uh, test that content. You can test the thing. So if you've got that small group and you get positive feedback, maybe also post it somewhere else. So something that I always did was I would post it on the Slack group and I would post things on LinkedIn. Sometimes it was one before the other. Sometimes it was only one, but almost always it was both. But at the beginning, I might have posted uh, something on help uh, in the help channel in the Toronto JS Slack. And then... That was something I could also post on LinkedIn or when I was sharing projects, I would absolutely share them on both, but you could share it on that smaller group first and be like, Hey, that actually hit pretty well. Like I got a lot of positive feedback. Okay. Now go show it on LinkedIn, show it on Twitter, show it in your other groups as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's uh let's call it there. Um, yeah, so minutes. thanks for thanks for listening to Looney engineering. Uh, this has been us talking about building in public. Uh, and we look forward to you listening in the future. And we would love your feedback. If you like something we're doing or dislike you something that we're doing, let us know. Yes, please leave us feedback uh, because this is us building in public. Building in public, putting ourselves out there, seeing what happens. And getting trashed on. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>